When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Kara Golden Show. We're so excited to have our next guest here. We have Carmel Hagen, who is the founder and CEO of Supernatural. And you may be familiar with Supernatural. We'll get into some of their partnerships that they have that are very, very exciting. But Supernatural is a premium plant-based modern baking essentials brand, making food colors, vegan sprinkles, and allergy-friendly rainbow chocolate chips. And they're absolutely delicious. They make those yummy cookies and cupcakes and all the other great things that you're making at home extra, extra yummy. And uh, also doing it in a way that is disrupting an industry that is uh, maybe not surprisingly not so great for you. But I was very, very interested as I was researching the company overall. So they're the only locally made and women-led baking brand, too, whose colorful products are made entirely from natural and plant-based sources. Uh, and uh, she is um, a Tory Burch fellow, um, super, super fun, and also a former former child Pillsbury Bake Off winner. Uh, I That would have been so much fun, I'm sure. I want to hear all about that. And they're setting a new industry standard for the baking essentials category that is very daring, to say the least, and also um, just really killing it. So I'm very, very excited to have you here today, Carmel. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm such a fan. And it is a thrill to talk with another girl that's a tech startup girl turned CPG founder. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So it's such an interesting story. I mean, obviously, every time I look at that section in the store that has the writing frosting and the sprinkles, it's like it's going to put that extra, you know, beauty on whatever you're creating. But do you really want that on there? And you've solved that problem. So tell me the story behind it. Obviously, you hadn't been in this industry. Uh, So what gave you the idea to go and do this? So I was in tech for about a decade. The idea was always to spend a bunch of time in startups. I come from a startup family. My dad was a serial entrepreneur. And the idea was, you know, get your MBA in the real world, so to speak, climb the ladder as fast as you can at tech startups, and then go start a tech startup. 
And after a decade, I just could not fathom starting a tech startup. I was craving, like every part of my being was craving real atoms and less binary, you know? So of course, being like an entrepreneurial type, instead of joining someone else's food startup, which would have been a great way to learn the industry, uh, I decided to order, you know, like a couple pallets of coconut sugar myself and bring them over from Indonesia. So I just made a big leap. I decided I was going to start with coconut sugar, which is a far cry from where we landed. But the story is, been a like passionate baker my whole life and was so impressed by coconut sugar's ability to sort of slip into all these traditional recipes without major recipe modifications. Like when you use honey, you have to change everything. When you use maple syrup, you have to change everything. And coconut sugar, I didn't have to change anything. It made a beautiful end product and seemed like nobody knew about it. So coming out of tech, I was like, you know what? Let's just start with coconut sugar. If I can do a good job giving this a brand that makes it approachable and understood by people other than sort of like the paleo ultra kind of healthy audience that had previously been a fan of it, then from that point on, I'll see if this the rest of this world is really for me. So were you a baker? Or like, what would you, were you a chef? I mean, had you been classically trained to do any of this? Oh God, no. So I was, you know, so many people that have a passionate hobby, as long as they're curious enough, you do get to a point of, I'm in no way professional, but I could produce a professional level product inside the kitchen in a very narrow realm. So I think I was at that level with baking. You know, I had sort of moved away from cookies, gotten into things that were a little bit more technical and just really enjoying the process. And of course, coming out of tech, also just this, the instant, and this has been something that I think still is so much part of why Supernatural exists, but but the pleasure of having an idea that then hours later, instead of years, whatever later, is a real thing. I think always for me, that ability to create something with my hands, with my mind and bring it into the real world is always such a reward. So, so that's, yeah, I am not, I had no business doing anything that I was doing ever. Oh, like (laughs) even starting that company, no business at all, but we did it and it did all right. It got into Whole Foods. Um, After six months there, I still felt incredibly uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, that first year of starting a food company, what an uncomfortable year that was. It was by far the hardest. My, I was so nervous all the time. So not like me, like I drive from the gut. I'm so decisive. And that year I did not, you know, it was terrifying. But by the end of it, I knew not only that it's what I really wanted to be doing with a serious amount of my time, but that I knew exactly where the biggest problem was in that aisle. And I was going to go solve that. And that was the decorative segment. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, 
Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits. 
And this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I love it. So before you got into Whole Foods, I would imagine you had a business plan of some sort. Uh, and what were the first, what was the first skew or first skews that you decided you needed to kind of master before you could actually get it into someplace like Whole Foods? So before we even got to the point where we were confident pitching it to a store, we had to really validate. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people listening to this, I'm sure you know that when you used to go into a natural grocery store, there was no decorative section. And if there was anything, you know, if there was a sprinkle, it was very sad. Like it just looked like a sad old couch. And if there was a set of food colors, you'd take them home and everything would be brown or everything would be pale. So the obvious opportunity that we saw, which was to build out the decorative category for the natural baking aisle, was also kind of tempered by this scary knowledge that like, wait, it looks like there's a lot of evidence that maybe this doesn't work because nobody else has been able to do it. It doesn't even like, does it not exist because no one's taken that opportunity or does it not exist because there is no opportunity? So the first step for me in my home kitchen, which was so fun and one of my favorite memories for this whole process of building Supernatural was collecting almost a hundred different samples of natural food color from all of these different regulated color providers and testing them on my own for, does it work in eggs? Does it work in the oven? What happens if it's getting exposed to heat? What happens if it's getting exposed to acid? What's happening? You know, all these different test cases that a colorant, which can go into anything, you know, it's not like you're making a baking mix and it's going to make a muffin no matter what. Like a colorant could go into a million different things, including, by the way, weirdly, like kids' bathtubs. You know, like kids put color in their bathtub to like have yeah. a colorful bath. So we really just tried to test every use case that we could. And I think through that, that's when I really was able to say, this hasn't happened yet because it's an innovation problem, because no one's done it the right way, because nobody really understands which ones to give to customers yet. And so that's what I had to figure out on my own before I even went there. And then once we realized that, that's when I said, okay, let's launch with a really funky, crazy sprinkle that is not just like a boring pink sprinkle in a jar. Let's show everybody just how far natural can go. And then let's do a natural food coloring product. Um, So it was a very small, we launched with a very small little capsule at our Northeast Whole Foods in New York City, the Northeast region. That's awesome. And so, so just that you just had that one skew or. So we launched a natural food coloring set, which was the same one that we have today. It's one of the top selling natural food colors on Amazon. So it's a, like a four pack of color powders. And then we launched with, I think it was two sprinkles. There was star fetty. And then there was one star fetty, which is sort of the, the, our, our baby, our firstborn. Um, It was a mix of many different colors of stars, open stars, closed stars, and some little dots. 
And then we launched a more basic sprinkle that was called white sequins, just to see if people kind of like wanted, we didn't know if maybe they wanted that more boring one because all you ever found in the grocery stores was the boring ones. And so I was like, well, maybe that's what people want. It's just me over here wanting these crazy confetti shapes. So we tested both and guess what? The, the white one didn't last. <laughs> that didn't last. I was going to ask you, were there any things in the initial phase that, that, sort of didn't fly. It's it's interesting. We have many things when we were launching Hint, uh, one of them, and it actually lasted probably longer than we should have allowed it to last, but cucumber. We found oh. that cucumber, you know, you either, it's very polarizing. You either really love cucumber water or you hate it. And we would have hysterical stories uh, from, so from it, actually it's really funny from all from the East Coast, not from the West Coast, uh, typically New Yorkers uh, would tell us like, we really like your product. It's great. But we're a, one email that was shared with us that told us that he was offended by the <gasps> fact that there was cucumber in the water and he just like couldn't get past it. And, you know, he was he, he was like, I don't care what the people in L.A. want, but I don't ever want to see it. And I mean, he was just... And I just used to laugh at those letters uh, because I just thought anybody who would actually take the time to even, even if we're not doing exactly what he wants us to do, I mean, that's a really powerful thing. And did you, have you ever gotten an email, maybe not a cucumber uh, one, but have you ever gotten an email like that, that you're just, you know, you're, you're not thrilled on one side, but then you're also like, wow, this, he loves what we're doing. And we just have to, you know, tweak something. You know, I, first of all, I think it's so funny that the New Yorkers were like, hell no, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> like, that is not for me. That, that sort of vibes with what, with what is true for here. Um, but we get, you know, we, we get interesting pieces of data and feedback all the time. Like Amazon comments are my favorite place to go and read. And just like you said, yeah, sometimes they are, there's so much passion in such a good direction. And sometimes it's a different kind of passion that's maybe not as useful and yet it's still driven by something. So yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, long-winded, but absolutely we get that stuff all the time. All that stuff. I always uh, share with entrepreneurs too, especially people that haven't launched their product yet because it's not perfect. Uh, it's you're going to do some sort of change right after you launch, whether it's you're going to kill a skew, you're going to change packaging. We've had many stories of people, you know, thinking that their product packaging was perfect when it launched and. I mean, we have a story around uh, the fact that we launched with clear labels. I wanted the entire product to be clear. And what we couldn't control was the lighting in stores or who we were going to be sitting next to on the shelf. And it would just get lost. And so that's when we went to the white label and we 10x our sales overnight just by going to a white, more vibrant label. So it's um, lots of, you know, stories like that. But it, the, you know, the, lesson learned, I guess, is that you really, um, it will never be perfect. And the best entrepreneurs are constantly iterating. And uh, what would you say to that? Absolutely. I mean, every decision for me comes down to context. You can never make the best decision unless you have 
the best context. And launching something new, you will never have perfect context. You can do a great job creating a thesis and creating an iteration based on your thesis. You know, it's kind of just like agile development in tech. And then you need to just keep your ear to the ground and know that whatever you learn is going to make something better. You know, I think there's sort of this pressure to do something perfect coming right out of the gate. And the pressure should only be to do something good and researched and sort of sound coming out of the gate uh, with awareness that the research process is going to happen every day of your life. You know, you're going to start in natural and that's one type of research. Then you're going to go to conventional. That's another type of research. You're going to hop on over to big box. That's another kind of consumer, different kind of context. And all of these data sets will feed into what you need to be this year and the year after that and the year after that. You know, there's no such thing as perfect. There is such thing as good. I totally agree. So do you feel like in the, uh, in the, industry as a whole, the baking essentials industry, that is, that uh, are most people, have they moved over to natural colors or are we still kind of in that artificial, um, you know, there's, there's certainly candy that's out there that has not moved at all. Uh, But do, do you feel like there are a lot of stores that are kind of putting that pressure on or are they feeling like consumers you know, want that, are, are they aware, I guess, uh, of it? And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, obviously the consumers that are coming over to you are, but how do you get people to be aware? And I guess sort of a second question is what is in a lot of those uh, sprinkles that are non-supernatural that are questionable? Oh man. Okay. So there's so many interesting things to answer with to that. So there's a couple questions in there. So, so I guess I'll start with, you know, the conventional decorative set. So the, the set that you find, like, let's say you go to Safeway and you actually see like a good, you know, probably six square feet dedicated to sprinkles and decorative frostings, which are kind of the squeezy colorful ones. And even um, like little sugar shapes and icing gels. So those are the same products that have been on those shelves for about 30 to 40 years. And all of those products, the ingredients within them are the ones that were sort of approved also in the 60s and 70s. So like it's a very, it's an incredibly old set that has not been prodded with nearly as much development as any other category in the grocery store. Um, And, you know, um, consumers are actually very aware about that. They'll list, a consumer will list corn syrup, they'll list artificial colors, they'll list artificial preservatives in the top five of things they want to avoid. Like this is Nielsen, this is an everyday person. It's not like a natural shopper. So people really do have a lot of generalized awareness that these things are bad for them. However, within the baking aisle itself, what we found up until pretty recently was that it's it's not just the baking out. There are categories inside grocery stores that are just sort of the part inside of an aisle that the buyer wants to spend the least amount of time thinking about because it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's kind of a sleepy area and they're not, the industry's not giving it a lot of pressure. They're not giving it a lot of pressure. It sort of has a good, a good foundation for just status quo. Like that's sort of like why it is what it is and why it's continuing that way. And decorative has been one of those areas. So in natural, there has been no pressure to 
revise it because there hasn't been one, right? Like it never existed. They have their planogram filled up of other stuff. There's plenty of other things to put there. And then over in conventional, there was no alternative. You know, up until Supernatural started, there was less than 1% of all of the decorative products in the world even had a natural alternative. So like there wasn't even a market for these things. So we have had a really interesting first, I would say five years, we kind of avoided retail. We were very soft in retail because it was such a challenging pitch because there wasn't a precedent. There wasn't, they're not getting pressure from the top to redo their sprinkle set. There's like plenty going on in flour and sugar during the pandemic. Like, don't worry, we need to make more space for all that stuff anyway. Um, and then what we would do is instead we'd say, we are, we know that every day is not where you're going to be doing your trials. So let's look at holiday. And so we started to build a really significant in-out seasonal business as our first big retail push while simultaneously investing a ton into Amazon to sort of build up the brand awareness and start to find out in our own data back way, whether our products were resonating with regular customers. The Amazon customer is everybody, you know, it's not just natural, it's not conventional, it's everybody. And then more recently, what has been happening is that as California has banned red dye number three, and then New York in December followed suit with a ban on not just red dye number three, but a number of other things that are commonly found in those products as well, the buyers now, you know, everyone from Williams Sonoma to just like people in the middle of America, they have to start looking at these things because by 2027, they have to have all of these things out of their set. And red dye number three is just like in everything in the decorative set. So we kind of waited for a moment. We're waiting for, we waited for a moment. We have an amazing moment. And what we're seeing sort of more on the consumer side is, you know, for example, on Amazon last year, just the organic searches for natural sprinkles, it was up 108%. So that's not, that's not ad backed searches. Like these are just consumer searches. So more and more people looking for this as the awareness increases. And so when you think about uh, like the Amazon consumer, and I know you also recently went into Sprouts, uh, that's amazing. I mean, you're growing in all different uh, retail locations. You've also got partnerships with major brands like Milk Bar, which I'm sure many people have heard of. So can you share more about those kind of opportunities? How do you see the brand? Obviously, you're very omni-channel, but it's also you're an add-on to actually help other brands uh, really yes. speak to, um, you know, what they want to share. Yeah. So it's been so, part of our, like day one, we knew that m- most people have sprinkles in their pantry, but most people are encountering sprinkles on a regular basis at their favorite coffee shop, or they're encountering them on their protein bar or on a cookie. So the way that we've modeled Supernatural has always been, we need to build towards food service. We need to solely put the groundwork in for food service. And that was one of the big steps that we were finally able to make a couple years ago. Initially, we had to manufacture overseas because no sprinkle manufacturers in America, number one, really had the capabilities to do what we wanted to do in natural sprinkles. But number two, the MOQs are so insane to get into this business. Um, Sprinkle manufacturing, especially if you want to make a sprinkle that has multiple shapes in it, it is so prohibitive to make something super cute until you can purchase like tens of thousands of pounds of sprinkles. 
So we were manufacturing overseas where their MOQs were lower. Finally, we're able to move it to America because we were big enough. And at that point, we were in a good price, a good price position to open up food service. And so, yeah, we, with people like Milk Bar, also with another one that fewer people know about, Dr. Prager's, which is a great brand, frozen, lots of kids' food. Um, we were able to use some innovation that we did in natural colors to bring to them natural frostings that or sorry, natural sprinkles that for the first time were maintaining their color inside their natural products, which has always been this huge struggle and continues to be, you know, we didn't solve everything. It can continue to be a big struggle, but we, yeah, we launched a sprinkle that has just been crushing it for people like Dr. Prager's and Promix and Milk Bar and a large handful of smaller ice cream shops and bakeries around America that are just looking to get away from nasty sprinkles. I love it. So you were a Tory Birch fellow. Can you share more about what what that means? How did that get developed? What did you learn from being a part of that? Absolutely. So Tory Birch is an incredible entrepreneur. Um, and you know, I think we know that from the outside. And then when you go on the inside and really see how that company is run, it's it's even more just like flooring. But she has always wanted to launch a foundation as part of her, I guess, every entrepreneur, you know, there's things we want to do that achieve that sort of visible success. And then there's the thing in our heart that makes us feel like we really succeeded according to what what is most important to us. So for Supernatural, it's very much brand for me, building an incredible brand, being a product, an incredible product. Troy Burch, I'm sure has all those things and more, but she had in her heart that she really wanted to help women, women entrepreneurs, and in a way that was not small, in a way that was huge. Like she has a huge vision for helping female entrepreneurs. And I think she's just getting started. So I was in one of the first classes of the, for- the Tory Burch Foundation. I think I was the second class. And at that time, there were only uh, 10 entrepreneurs picked every year. And I guess very similar to other incubator models, you know, we spent a lot of time together. We got a lot of incredible one-on-one coaching from people in her network. Um, and I think most importantly, right, like we formed friendships. So two of my my best food babes, um, Pooja, who started Malai Ice Cream, and then Sashi, who started Tea Drops, are, were both in my class at Tory Birch, and we continue to be great friends. That's awesome. I think all of those networks are amazing for that reason. So I was a part of EY's network, The Winning uh-huh. Women, and I know I still have so many friends from that group as, as well. So thinking about your entrepreneurial journey, what's been the best part? probably, you know, meeting these different creators, right, that are doing things in different industries. But what else? What's been so great for you and very fulfilling for you? I think what it was is still such a surprise to me is, you know, in your 20s, my first decade, I think, professionally, we're very productive. And, you know, you work like crazy. But also, they were a little bit emotionally tumultuous. Like I found them inside the companies that I was in, I felt sometimes disconnected to the vision. Um, I felt like I personally didn't know why I was spending my time building what we were building. You know, there's so many reasons in your 20s while you're going through all that stuff anyway. But 
I did not expect that building my own startup, you know, so much of startup lore is actually about how much of a yo-yo it is. And while I'm not saying that there's, there's ever a straight line to where we're going. And of course there are great times and less great times in supernatural's history. But for me, the fact that every problem has been sort of my own problem to solve has been a like deeply soothing influence. Anytime that something's going wrong, I have the power to fix it. Anytime there's something that needs to be done better, if I'm not doing it, you know, who is? And I think in other companies, just the frustration of not being able, something's not my specialty. And yet I wish it would, of course, in my 20 year old hubris, wish it was done another way, but I could, I didn't have any power to change it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just been such a surprising thing about entrepreneurship for me is just how emotionally even killed I have been inside the entire growing journey. Like never would have expected that and didn't expect that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. It's surprising because so many entrepreneurs say it's like this you know, peak and valley that goes on and it's unpredictable and uh, it's a little chaotic versus their previous. So that's, that is uh, great to hear. So what strategies have you deployed to really help people get to know Supernatural? And, and, you know, obviously buying ads on Amazon or uh, on Facebook seems to be one way to do it, but you're a small company um, bootstrapped for the most part to date. Uh, how do you build a strong and loyal community that really knows what you're all about and purchases your product? That is, yeah. So I would say, you know, Supernatural, our secret weapon, which is not something that every CPG brand can do because of the rates and how hard it is to run a profitable business on Amazon. But um, I think I brought something over again from my tech background, which is just, I can invest a ton of money in my own DTC presence, being a storyteller there and pulling people into my own storytelling environment and slash, or I can take advantage of the places that already exist for me to do that, where people already are and save myself a step. And so I think our secret weapon has really been to use Amazon, every potential storytelling component that we can use on Amazon strategically. And then of course, also back it with advertising, bring some people there that might not have landed there otherwise. But I know on a grocery store shelf, I only have, especially with sprinkles, right? Like I might have eight inches to tell my story. And on Amazon, you know, and it's one panel and who knows if the merchandiser puts your product like facing the right direction, who even knows if you're in stock. And on Amazon, I have a number of clicks that are all happening before people even start to scroll where I can say the most important things and I can share exactly what it is that we're about and why you should care. There's no way I can do that on a retail shelf. And at some point, people already know you and you don't need to, and you're just carrying through the promise and exciting them in other ways with new products and so forth. But for Supernatural, it's absolutely been to meet these people that are organically starting to search for better options in their, so much of it is kids, you know, kids and parents of small children looking for die free and to be able to speak to them in for free 
you know, I can tell the story. Some of, a lot of them are converting, a lot of them aren't, but they're still hearing the story if they land on that page. Definitely. I mean, I feel like when you're doing something unique to an industry too, it, you need to, and I certainly know this with, with Hint, it's uh, counter to, especially when we started the company in 2005, it was, no one was doing an unsweetened flavored water. But unfortunately, when you're the only one there doing it, uh, or the largest one there doing it, you have to do all the education around it and storytelling. And it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, it, it takes much longer than we ever thought. Plus, it's just, um, it's just a lot above and beyond your own company, for sure. So last question, what's the best advice that maybe you've heard or you would give to founders who are thinking, okay, I've got this great idea. Now what? And should they do it? Shouldn't they do it? I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. Like, you know, people are like, wait, how did you... How did you become fearless and decide to just go off and do this? Uh, What advice would you give someone? So I was given someone, I asked that question of someone before I started. And so, and what he said was very obvious. It was one of those Zen answers where you're just like, okay. And then also something that I think is more of a mind twist on it. But um, I had been given the like incredible opportunity to in interview Seth Godin, who is like, of course, the master of turning every answer into like one word. Um, and I asked him that exact question. And, and what he said was start. He just said, start, you know, like just if you can just start. And then the part that I add in is the one foot in front of the other every day. That is actually the entrepreneurial journey. Like starting is great. And failing fast is even, is great too. Like, don't ever be worried if you fail fast, like God bless. Um, But the other part is just, you will spend years, years, just one step in front of the other. It's not, and it's not a leap. Like every once in a while, you get to take a wild jump, but really just the grind and the ability to keep your nose down and just work every day, just work every day. And I I noticed the same thing, you know, in tech startups where why are some people winning? Why are some people not winning when that product over there was actually better? And a lot of times it does, of course you want it all, but a lot of times it also just comes down to like who works the hardest and the smartest and not necessarily even the longest, but just keep going. So start and keep going. (laughs) Great wisdom for sure. And lessons. Uh, So Carmel Hagen founder and CEO of Supernatural. Thank you so much. We'll have all the info in the show notes. Really appreciate your time and all of your great wisdom that you've given us today. Love being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. I would love to hear from you too, so feel free to DM me. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Undaunted, where I share more about my journey, including founding and building Hint 
We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.